It is now time for Ant and Nick to press play. Good, hello, and welcome. <laughs> Does that cover at all times of day? That covers morning, <laughs> afternoon, evening, depending on when people are listening to this. Supper, um, midnight. You are listening to Ant and Nick Press Play. Yep. I'm Ant. Whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Is this happening now? It is. Ah, flipping heck. Hang on a minute. Just get me socks on. You forgot again. Uh, I'm Nick, and, and you keep talking. Hang on. Well, we've had some fantastic feedback on the first episodes. <laughs> we have. <laughs> My girlfriend listened to it and gave some feedback. Said it was very funny, very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, I said, uh, does it make you want to watch Crime Traveller? I mean, I'm not confident I've made a new fan just yet. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I've had people that have watched it and said they've watched it. My dad, in fact, said, in part due to, you know, listening to the podcast, and he said he completely forgot about it since 1997, which is understandable. The fact your dad has listened to the podcast is the <laughs> most shocking news I've heard about this. I mean, he did say he really enjoyed it. He, he especially liked our critique. In what his <laughs> words were, you're taking the piss. <laughs> well, I mean, you can tell him, Nigel. Hello, Nigel. There's always room for a guest host for one of these. Yeah, indeed. If he's got any opinions, and I'm sure he has. <laughs> I'm sure he's got opinions. I'm sure he's got plenty of opinions about Crime Traveller. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're talking about. One of the more interesting Saturday night shows, mm-hmm. starring Michael French, Chloe Annette. We're now on episode three, which is entitled Fashion Shit Shoot. <laughs> um <laughs> So, before we get started talking about Fashion Shoot, I'd just like to raise something that came up on YouTube, on this episode in particular. Oh. And I know that we have discussed the theme music in the past. We have, yeah. We tore it a new one in episode one. We did, but... I feel a bit bad about that. I'm getting used to it now and I'm quite enjoying it and it's... Well, you're not the only one. Original Luddite... Yeah. One month ago, he said on YouTube... Someone told the theme music writer to do something that evoked British murder mystery, paranormal investigation, and romance all in one. And I think they delivered. So, maybe we're in the wrong. Fair enough. I mean, I think I've pinpointed one major aspect of it, which I have trouble with. Just one little thing, and that is... It winds down when it should be winding up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It finishes with slowing down and that, that long kind of string chords and all that kind of thing. And re- and then somebody... I don't know what that sound is. It sounds like somebody stirring a cup of tea or something. Ting, ding, 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 ding. Yes, and that's how the episodes end, isn't it? Ting, ting, Well, every ting, time they mention ting, some sort ting. of time paradox or something like that, it plays in the background. It's quite good. I was stirring a cup of tea the other day, and I got flashbacks. I thought, oh, oh. What's this? Oh, it's Crime Traveller. Were you suddenly in blue jeans and uh, a really awful 90s shirt uh, with really short, <laughs> slicked forward hair? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if anybody else thinks out there that it's actually a well-written piece of music, let us know, because I'm always interested. Well, we're always interested to know if it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the clip art that makes it, to be honest. <laughs> Right, so, Jeff Slade and the Fashion Shoot, episode three of Grange Hill. Uh, I mean, Crime Traveller, sorry. 
I'll tell you what, when I first saw the title for this episode, I was not looking forward to it. No. What I didn't realise was that, of course, it is a pun. Oh, it's very clever, isn't it? I mean, you know, with Jeff Slade running around, somebody's going to get a shot. <laughs> Almost guaranteed. Yeah, I'm surprised. It, again, it wasn't called Jeff Slade and the fashion shoe. <laughs> um, That's one of the ones where it doesn't quite work. <laughs> Jeff Slade and your fashion shoot. Yeah, the episode title isn't fun. No. It doesn't draw me in. We'll get into this one. I've got a lot of interesting points. Oh, yeah. This is actually, this has turned out to be one of my favourites, I think. Oh, no. Of the series, really. <laughs> As always, there's a lot to enjoy, and you've just got to ignore some other aspects of it. Yes. I find fashion boring. Do you? I've got yeah. no interest. I find it very, very boring. My wife, on the other hand, very into it. Yes, I've noticed. Very passionate about it. She's a very fashionable lady. Yeah, she runs her own business. You yeah. know, very, very successful, great, very fashionable. As you say, my wife's very fashionable. I am not, yeah. um, and I do not care. <laughs> In fact, today, somebody compared me to a tramp. <laughs> so, um, obviously, fashion is not my thing. No. You're quite right. I have no interest in this episode no. in, from, a, from a fashion perspective. To be honest, it looks as if Anthony Horowitz isn't really bothered about fashion either. <laughs> because it's very kind of broad references. But we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that pretty quickly. We'll get onto it, actually. Jeff Slade and the fashion shoot. It was first broadcast on the 15th of March, 1997. I turned 13 that week. Oh. Earlier that week. I remember it well. And you were missing out on Crime Traveller. Yeah. Oh, if I could go back in time and tell myself to watch it. So. Let's talk about the episode. Okay. So we open in a very nice posh house again. Oh, again. Again. Yeah, we we love these houses. Oh, great. It's another rich person in a big house for the third week in a row. (sighs) Sonia Duval, 18th of the 9th, 8pm. Sonia, can I start by asking you about the name of your winter collection? Black Ice. For someone so associated with colour, it seems an odd choice. Black isn't a colour. It's a mood. Right now, I'm trying to give my clothes a more aggressive quality. Black is a mood. So we've got an interviewer, and we have Sonia Duval. Sonia Duval. (laughs) Fashion designer. (laughs) Fashion disaster. (laughs) Um... And this young interviewer is asking Sonia Duval about her latest collection. What's the collection called, Ant? No idea. Don't care. (laughs) Black Ice. Oh, yes. It's a Black Ice collection. It starts Sonia Duval, Hmm. 18th of the 9th, 8pm. So we've got an exact day. Mm -hmm. And that's presumably in 1997, yes? Well, no, because it was broadcast in March 97. So this has got to be... September 1996. Okay, very interesting. Okay, so we're we're actually doing your time travel. So, <laughs> so it's the 18th of September at 8pm, she says. Yeah, she's got like a choker on, isn't she? That, that 90s style. Classic 90s. It looks like this is maybe one of her first, you know, big breaks in television. Quite overplayed in some parts. Yes. So, tell us about the fashion show. <laughs> It's all going well with the interview. Outside, we see a shadowy gunman. Yes. Dressed in black. So, perfect. When you talk about aggression, is that something you feel yourself? What do you mean? All the adverse criticism you got last season and last spring in Milan. I don't read the critics. 
There's so much jealousy in the fashion business, but uh, I don't let it get to me. What was it? So all of a sudden, Sonia reaches for her wine and it explodes. This is what I like. A little bit of action. It gets shot completely. Drinking does kill. Um, shots are fired. Through the window, through the glass. From the outside, shadowy man. The glass is shot. The window's shot. The lamp is shot. And only on maybe the third shot do either of them react in any way. <laughs> After three or four shots, and then the interviewer goes, Oh, quick, they're shooting at you, get down! And then all of a sudden they just roll on the floor. Yes, it's a dramatic opening. That would be like a pre-credit sequence nowadays, probably. It feels like it's leading mm. up to something to a bit, and then we get the credits coming in. That would probably happen now. Yes. It, you know, I think it could have been a bit more interesting. I'm not telling Anthony Horowitz, or indeed the director, how to do their job back in 1997. Um <laughs> But uh, what I will say, I would have done it differently. <laughs> I think Anthony Horowitz would have as well, to be honest. Yeah, I think he would have. So, we, <laughs> we cut to the police station office. So what's going on? Well, there's a bit of a theme running in this episode. Yeah. And maybe through the series as well, but I can't remember. Of Jeff just messing around with anything he can get hold of. No, it's prominent in this episode. It definitely is. He's having a joke. Yeah. So the, yes. all the all the team, the, the old favourites, uh, Slade, Holly, Morris, Nikki, other people, are all getting a briefing, and Jeff's just basically like juggling a ball, not listening, chucking a ball up and down. And part of me thinks at some point that's going to just bounce into Grisham's face and she's going to fly off the handle. Yeah, Jeff would just smirk about that. I think that's fantastic. I think he plays his character perfectly. Yeah. Um, Grisham mentions that Princess Diana wears Sonia Deval's clothes. Oh, wow. Interesting. So it has to be 1996, really. Of course, yes. Because? In August 1997, well, we all know what happened to Princess Diana, don't we? Or do we? Fantastic. So we've got a date. Yeah, so Princess Diana wears her clothes, so they must be good, Mm. but they're not. (laughs) <laughs> so, this Black Ice uh, show, they've got to put extra security around it now because it is a security risk. Hmm. And that means all the team have got to be involved. Yeah, forget anything else. You've got to protect Sonia Duval. They've got to be undercover and some overcover. What's the opposite of undercover? I mean, to be fair, even when they're undercover... They're in plain view. There's not really yeah, any difference. Exactly. There's no such thing as undercover. We've seen them already. Shifty looking people. Sonia's winter show was targeted in two of the letters. So I'm going to put a security net around the show until it's finished. I want a visible police presence front of house and undercover offices behind the scenes. Slade, that's you. Oh, and Turner, if you're not too busy, I want you as well. I am too busy. Well, it can wait. I can't go undercover. I'm not a detective. Backstage, Turner. I need someone who can sew. I can't sew. Well, improvise. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) Grisham says, that means you, Slade. And Slade just goes, (laughs) 
like really disappointed. Yeah, he probably wanted to do something else this afternoon. Not go and watch a fashion show. But then this is the bit that slightly annoys me, right? I know they've got a small team and everything and a small cast, but Grisham then wants Holly to be involved as an undercover seamstress, even though she's just said she can't sew. It's ridiculous. Is she the only woman in that whole building except for Grisham? Yeah, I think she is. (sighs) Poor Holly. I'll tell you who I bet can sew. Nikki. Oh, I was about to say, why are they not using Nikki as the seamstress? He'd be perfect. Oh, oh, well, actually, this thread isn't the best thread. Shut up, Nikki. (laughs) But then everyone laughs because Holly's had to be a seamstress undercover. (laughs) (laughs) So, we cut to the 90s in music form. Okay, down to the end. Go, Charmaine. That's right, down. They're rehearsing for the show. It's like in a church, this fashion show, isn't it? Yeah, it is. One of the first things we see is a rail of clothes of literally every colour in the rainbow. So I don't know where she's got this idea. If you had a fashion show, what would you call it? Oh, God. (laughs) That'll do. Oh, God. fashion have you got an idea i think you'd be more creative in fashion even if you're not necessarily interested in it spleen milk <laughs> that's crap slade's there undercover uh which basically means he's got a bad jacket and a orange tie yeah it's lovely do you know what his jacket looks like do you remember that um oh that harry enfield character only me <laughs> only me <laughs> it looks like that <laughs> It's this very kind of straight, unfitted jacket. Oh, horrible. Like a, almost like a boiler suit kind of material. Presumably she's given him that. That's fashion, is it? <laughs> so he's just loitering around. Holly's a, a sewing machine. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? She can't sew. No. You know what? Needle and thread would be bad enough for me, but a sewing machine wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, I mean, my my mum's always been really good. Uh, my wife can use one. Um, I, however, yeah. consider I'm quite good with like machines and things like that. No, no idea. Mm. No interest either. So, um, is this the first time Holly's got glasses on? Yeah, she's got big glasses on as well. I don't know whether that's part of her undercover look. Do you think they're hers, or do you think no. it's... No, she's taking them off the waiter. From uh, last week. <laughs> They're just being passed around. <laughs> that poor waiter. I wonder if he's still in a coma. Yeah, he's probably dead. Mm. And knowing repercussions of this show, nobody cares. Nope. Nobody cares. Wasn't even mentioned. I mean, at the very least, he's had to walk home naked, hasn't he? It, yes, yes. Um, Song is a bitch, isn't she? She's not very nice. Well, yeah, but actually, to be fair, in this case, she is just saying, where's all the stuff I've asked for? <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> where's the smoke and where's the logo and where's all this kind of stuff? So, she, I mean, she hasn't said. There's a guy called Clifford. Yes. Surname, is that? I can't remember. I've just wrote Clifford, yeah. And he's sorting it, going, I'll get your things, don't I? You'll have smoke, you'll have this, you'll have that, don't worry. It's tomorrow, Clifford. Is he like her agent or... or... Um, I think so, yeah. Some, some kind of manager or agent, yeah. Sleazy 90s style manager, yes. Indeed. Yeah. Say no more. She wants a load of dry ice. Well, that's the ice. Then <laughs> That's the ice. Black ice. Then we meet another sewing lady, and Sonia gives her a right going over. Sonia, is this okay? No, it's not okay. It's useless. I said I wanted the hem taken down two inches. Yeah, but do it again. 
I mean, can anyone so in this? Well, I bet they're all undercover. Security is so strict that there's no actual real staff. <laughs> Slade makes quite a bad taste joke, but it's funny when Holly's complaining and Slade says, um, oh, well, you know, don't worry, there's only one more day of it. And, you know, if she gets shot tonight, you can have the day off. <laughs> Holly doesn't think she's going to be shot, though. Mm-hmm. And that this whole thing is just publicity for the show. Because it's in all the papers. I mean, she's not wrong. No. Um, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Just tell Gary. Sonia's banging on about this logo. Where's the logo? Where's the Black Ice logo? Well, we get it unveiled. And two things. One, it's awful. Because it looks like it's just been painted on with stencils and potato printing or something. Yeah, it's crap. Awful. It's not a slick banner. It's like the kind of thing you'd get backstage in a college theatre room. Oh, well, yeah, we'll repaint. Oh, we'll just use that. Oh, that's good. We'll use that. Yeah, it's very B-Tech. It is awful. I think the... Does it say Sonya dies tomorrow? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's unveiled. Drops down. So originally it said Sonya, black eyes. And somebody's added on. Dies tomorrow. So, um, technically, it reads, Sonia dies, black eyes tomorrow. It does. Sonia dies, black eyes tomorrow, turns it pink. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crappy. But you know what? <laughs> Putting on it, Sonia dies, it's actually improved it. Who put that logo up? It was assembled here last night. It's horrible. It's horrible. Was there anyone in the church last night? No, the building was locked, but uh, anyone could have got in. Slade, will you take me home? We haven't done the finale. I've had enough, Clifford. I want to go home. Come on. Sonia reacts quite strangely to this, kind of the same way that she reacted to the shots. She just goes, oh, take it away. Yeah, I don't know how I would react if I saw a sign that says, Ant dies black ice tomorrow. (laughs) I think I'd be upset. I mean, I'd probably go, well, I'm staying in. Not, not, not going out tomorrow. <laughs> cancelled. Cancelled. All right, cancelled. <laughs> so, they want to know who was in, who did it, who made it. Were there any students in the building? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Holly's talking to the sewing lady from earlier that got a rollicking off of um, Alicia Duval. What's she called? Sonia Duval. And, uh, well... It turns out it's not any old sewing lady. Uh-uh. Oh, here comes the big reveal. Do you have any idea who might be doing this? The way my dear sister treats people, it'd be easier to ask who doesn't want her dead. Your sisters? Wouldn't guess, would you? N- no, no, I can see it now you mention it. I'd look more like her if I could afford her sort of clothes and a year-round tan. Yeah, one day I'll show him. What do you mean? No, it doesn't matter. Now, uh, if you don't mind. Uh... Sonia's sister. <gasps> no ways. Um, and once it's revealed, you can kind of see it, can't you? Mm. you can go, oh, well, yeah. yeah, that's what yeah. Holly says. Oh, I can see it now. I, I mean, I can't really. However, there's a further twist on top of the twist, Mm. which is that the actresses playing Sonia and Linda are real-life sisters, Carol Royal and Amanda Royal. The royal family. (laughs) But they 
they don't look enough like each other. Do you not think? I mean, uh, I didn't know until the end credits that they were even related. I suppose that there's not a lot of similarities there. No. But once it's mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> well, Linda says, um, well, she'd look more like her if she could afford her clothes and a year round tan. <laughs> but yeah, she also says to Holly, one day I'll show her. And does that classic thing where Holly goes, what? Oh, nothing. Instead of explaining themselves. <laughs> Which, again, it happens a lot in this episode. With people not explaining things properly. It happens in TV a lot, doesn't it? Because real life, you would go, sorry, did you just say you'll show her? What? Holly probably should have gone, she's just threatened you. And, and obviously, there was a sign that said that you're going to black ice die tomorrow. And <laughs> I think you need to remove your sister from the premises. But no, it's nothing, nothing. Okay. So then we cut to, <laughs> then we cut to Jeff, who is, has turned into like Sonia's bodyguard and chauffeur. Mm-hmm. So he drops Sonia off at home in his stupid little blue jacket. Yeah. Morris is outside already, is outside Sonia's front door. Something's wrong with Morris here. Um, yeah. I mean, something's always wrong with Morris, yes. the way they portray him, but he seems glum. And I suppose now he's outside. Yeah. In the cold. Well, it doesn't look that cold on film. No. But he gives a little shiver. He's got to stand out all night. Got a long shift. And considering Morris is normally like, piss off, Slade, he's not doing yeah. any of that. It's no. very strange. Now, here's the thing. As we know, Morris has a tendency to need to go to the loo. Where's he going? Where's he going outside there all night? Um, through the letterbox? <laughs> is there a plant nearby? No, 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 no. No, he'll do what he did in episode one. And just wander away from his post and just leave it unattended. Yeah, probably does that. Yeah. And then someone will sneak in and shoot Sonia. And he'll go, oh, Joey, call of nature. So Jeff is invited in. And um, not only is he nice and toasty and warm, he's got a little glass of wine that's just been poured. Oh, it's nice. It's nice that he's been given wine, isn't it? In a glass. Yeah. Uh, Sonia's flirting with him a little bit as well. Yeah, she's flirting. He's got a glass. Jeff, a glass, some wine. Yeah. Jeff. <laughs> Really pleasant. I just wish I knew why they were doing this. Do you have any enemies? Only the critics. They murdered my last show. Maybe they've decided to start on me. How about personally? People in this business may be crazy, but they're not mad. Don't worry, you'll be all right. I feel safe when I'm with you. You know, when they told me I had to have a police bodyguard... You're not at all what I expected. <laughs> well, you were lucky. You could have got Morris. Uh, imagine her trying to flirt with Morris. He wouldn't have got it, would he? There'd have been those weird faces that he does. Yeah, bit comical. We find out something, a bit of character development about Jeff in this. Oh, it's good this, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. Are you married? I was. You're a very attractive man, Jeff. You should let me dress you. I don't think tangerine is my colour. Cheers. And that's all we get. That's all um, we get so far, yeah. I mean, it's all very much up in the air. Very interesting. Is she dead? Mm. And it's the first time we've learned anything about Jeff's love life. The shocking thing here is someone would marry him. <laughs> um, Sonia says that maybe she should dress him. To which Slade replies, well, I don't think tangerine's my colour. Referring to his tie. But you know what? It's better than the colour choices he makes for himself. 
this this dressing thing is very sexual, isn't it? Um, yeah, undress more like. Yeah, I mean, I I I have no interest in someone dressing me, mm. but then Jeff didn't look that interested in it either, did he? He seemed to shrug it off a bit. <laughs> so yeah, it's very tellingly we um, we leave the scene there, and we return in the morning. Slade's arriving at work. Oh, you look knackered, Slade. Yeah. I bet. You there all night, then? <laughs> what do you think? Twisted your arm, then, did she? She certainly made it hard for me to say no. Lads, lads, lads. It's not just the lads, though, is it? Because Holly's there. And she is looking well gel. <laughs> but in the first two episodes, there wasn't any real will-they-won't-they they thing between Holly and Jeff. Which is nice. I, mean, I think Holly is definitely interested in Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at the end of last week, they had that quite nice scene walking away where they had a little laugh and a little arm round and all that kind of thing. And that was actually probably the first time we'd seen anything. Because before that, don't forget episode one, Jeff was just annoying Holly the whole time. That's the first sign of love, isn't it? And then now, I think maybe because obviously they're bonding over this time machine thing. I'm just putting out there, if someone had a time machine, yes, I would be romantically linked with them. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Holly just seems quite jealous all of a sudden. And this this does happen, this has happened to me a few times, where somebody will just suddenly be jealous out of nowhere. Someone who you didn't know had any feelings for you. And you're like, "I I don't know anything about it. Very confusing. Cut to a very pale Morris sneezing into some tissue. Oh, he does not look well, does he? Yeah, well, he says he's got a cold from standing outside all night without a coat on. I, I'm sure there was one at the fashion show. Well, yeah. Well, no, I mean, he had one last week, didn't he? He had that big long coat that yeah. makes him look stupid. I think it was ripped to shreds by the dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, gone. <laughs> Maybe that's a nice bit of continuity. Uh, anyway, Grisham's called a briefing. D- just to go over positions. You're here, you're there. This is the day of the show. Let's go. Jeff continues his little theme of the episode by just deciding to eat a banana. <laughs> During. <laughs> yes. He, can't, he couldn't do it before or after. She said it's not going to be a long briefing. This is today's express. I thought we were trying to keep this out of the press. Well, we were, but someone's been talking. The Sun, the Mirror and the Mail have all got the same. There was nothing in The Guardian. He does this a lot, Nicky. He does. He's always got to have an addendum to what anyone else is saying. Well, oh, actually... Mm, there's nothing in The Guardian. Yeah, my son's a bit like that. My son's four, though. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Nicky does just pop into frame and back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boring fact. <laughs> So, all eyes are on this show. Mm-hmm. They've got to do their job right. So, I don't want anything to go wrong, Grisham says. And you, and Banana, and you. She may as well point at Jeff. So, briefing's over. Everyone goes back. Holly goes back into her little office. She is in a mood. Yeah. Jeff goes to talk to her. Jeff barges in, basically. She is not happy. Uh, Holly's too busy looking down a microscope at some fingerprints or something. Hi. What are you doing? My job. The CPS want these results by the end of the week, so if you don't mind. What's wrong, Holly? Did you get out of your time machine the wrong side this morning? If she had of, she'd be in the future. <laughs> she would. Um, so, Holly's looking down a microscope, and then so does Jeff. <laughs> Leans over, sticks his eye over it. Is that flirty or is that just like annoying younger brother kind That's of annoying. Thing? She's trying to work. She's yeah. obviously upset, annoyed, but he's obviously not picking up on it, is he? And he's, uh... Well, he he has a little bit because he said, is this about Sonia? 
Holly doesn't like her. She's got a bad feeling about her. She thinks she's horrible. Yeah, there's a lot of jealousy there from Holly. Big time. Jeff doesn't care. Picks up a magnifying glass. <laughs> Love this shot. And this will be the shot for the podcast episode. Definitely. You will have uh, all seen this already. Yeah. Brilliant. His massive face <laughs> eye. He just can't leave anything alone. What's she done to upset you? Nothing. You know, and I'm really happy for you. I just find it amazing you can be so... So what? Brazen. Slade, there you are. What are you doing in here? What's up, Chief? It's been a development. Brazen. Brazen. Talking about your conquests up the stairs. Disgusting. Made me sick. There's a, there's a little touch, which I didn't quite realise. I thought, oh, this is all just one big office. Grisham bursts in and she goes, um, what are you doing in here? <laughs> Never occurred to me that he's not meant to be in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. She does come in and say it like he's just walked into a filing cabinet. <laughs> yeah. So, there's been a development. Yes. though. That's why she's come in. Cut to Jeff, Nikki, and our man. An insurance man. He is looking at a newspaper, which is, has the headline about what's happened. Yeah, designer death scare or whatever. He's kind of done what that solicitor did last week, which is spot something in the news or hear about some news and then contact them. Yeah, a policy of this size is so unusual that when I saw this, well, I felt I had to speak to you. What size are we talking about? Three million pounds. <whistles> Payable in the event of accidental or violent death. That's why I felt I had to talk to you when I saw the paper. Lucky you don't take the Guardian. A grey man walks in and hands the details of this policy over. An insurance policy paid out in the event of accidental or violent death. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? A three million payout. Three mil. Three mil? Where is he? (laughs) Whatever his name is. Where's Herman? Bradley Herman. (laughs) Whack-a-day. Before we go on, I just wanted to make a point about the newspaper that he's holding. Yeah. On the back of the newspaper, it does say, all last night's World Cup action with a picture of Alan Shearer. Now, the World Cup happens every four years. Yeah. Um, the next World Cup wasn't until 1998. Um, no. And the World Cup before this was 1994. Yeah, it was Euro 96. Even I know that. When is it, sir? We just don't know. Ooh. So, yeah, this insurance man has, has gone, and there's something dodgy going on here because somebody wants a dead and somebody else has taken out a policy. Oh, the name of the man who took this policy out is Clifford James. So that answers our question from before. But also, if this happens, Clifford would be the sole beneficiary. So I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> that no one at the time went, um, just reading over this, Clifford. Um, Why have you written black ice, die tomorrow, mm. all over the papers? Then we cut to Clifford. Yes. Back in the church. Linda, darling. What? Sonia wanted some blue fake fur on that Clifford, can you? can't you see? I'm doing... Thanks. Clifford. Someone's taken the dat. What? The tape. The music for the show. Well, that's okay, Sonia's got it. Why? There's only one copy. I don't know why. You ask her, Carl. And she arrives. Clifford looks disappointed. Almost as if Clifford didn't really want to give it to Holly. No. Meanwhile, somebody's taken the dat. The dat! Now, do you know about this digital audio tape? Yeah, I do indeed. Very interesting, isn't it? It was a format in the... 90s, early 2000s, I think. Yes. We had a DAT player at school. And did you shout, someone's taken the DAT? (laughs) Where's DAT gone? (laughs) Um, Is that all you've got? 
I forgot that the cassettes looked slightly different from a normal cassette. Very slightly. I'm looking at a photograph now. Very weird. It meant that when you copied one, it would be an exact identical copy. There would be no um, degradation of sound the more you copied it and things like that. Very interesting. For more about that, visit www.dad.dad. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, who would have thought we'd have so much fun just talking about digital <laughs> Sonia's taking it. Ask her, Clifford says. It's the tech guy that comes up and asks, Where the hell is Dad? Let that go. Yeah. Cut to Jeff and Sonia arriving. Yes. The paparazzi's out, and uh, a lot of these photos will have Jeff in them. <laughs> yeah, well, just Jeff's chest. Jeff! Over here, Jeff! Jeff! Don't Jeff. forget he's meant to be undercover. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia gets out of the car wearing what can only really be described as tin foil wrapped in a bin bag. Oh. Like she's fallen into the kitchen drawer. So she gets papped, and she walks in. She's not happy about this blue fur. Oh, this bloody blue fur. Who cares? I wanted lilac, because that would have looked better. Bloody hell. Linda! What is it? What have you done, you stupid... I said I wanted the lilac fur on this collar. Lilac! I'm sorry, but... And this stitch work, it's dreadful. That was my fault, Sonia. I did it. Excuse me, but it was not your fault. She's meant to be in charge of the dresses. She's the one who screwed up. Clifford said the blue. So now it's Clifford's fault. I'm fed up with you. Then you can do without me. I quit. Good. I, I ruddy had it up to here. And no mistake. I'm leaving. I would have liked her to have flipped the table or something as she goes. But then Clifford goes to sort of. We'll we'll talk it over. So they disappear, and then <laughs> we see the tech guy again. He's called Carl. That's his name. Right, everyone. Soldier. Yes. It's here. I'd have liked to have had it tested, you know. You tested it yesterday, Carl. What's the problem? Come on, everyone. Let's get this show together. Do you know what? He plays the sound or the tech guy very, very well. Oh, yeah. We know tech guys. And 100%, they're all this highly strung. So Jeff takes Sonia's car around the back of the church. Yes. He parks. Drops his keys as he locks it. Bends over. And while he's down, somebody creeps up behind him and he gets a truncheon over the head. Bang! How'd you like that, Slade? Taste of your own medicine. Not very nice, is it, getting coshed on the back of the head when you're just minding your own business? Karma, mate. And then we see him getting dragged into the boot, unconscious, uh, and locked in. We cut to a close-up of the dat. (laughs) It starts the show. It's very noisy, that machine. I mean, I know it's digital Mm. audio, but... The actual machinery is very clunky. <laughs> Turn that off. <laughs> so, we've got smoke, a contortionist, yep. a glitter cannon. Brilliant. And the most boring set of rubbish clothes I've ever seen. Wow, B-Tech. B-Tech all the way. <laughs> well, no, it's not even that good. Yeah, it's not... It's not even like... It's not even bin bags. <laughs> I mean, no wonder someone was trying to stop it going ahead. Black Ice dies today. <laughs> and the police are just stood there going, what the hell is this? Well, it's it's interesting because Morris is there. Yeah. He looks like he's loving it. <laughs> um, I don't know why he's just loving the, the ladies. Yeah, yeah, that'll be it. Whereas Nicky is just... 
<laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't enjoy fashion or humans. I don't think Nicky <laughs> likes humans in particular. No, he does look uh, a bit like an alien. Yes, that just crash landed and trying to understand human civilization. Yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's not very good. And also, there's a lot of colour in this so-called black ice collection. Oh, yes, there is. Um, I'd just like to say, yeah. there's been absolutely zero time travel so far. Yeah, uh, I know. It's, it's a slow burner, this one. It is. And speaking of slow burners, when this is happening, Slade's been taken to some woods, the car's been doused in petrol, and set alight. That's pretty extreme. Whoever this is wants to get rid of Jeff Slade. It's a good scene, this. Yeah. It's very dramatic. There's a lot of smoke. Well, there's an annoying bit where Jeff wakes up, the boots fill in with smoke, and it sort of covers the screen, and then we cut to the show covered in dry ice. I wish they'd faded them together. So it went from one smoke to the other smoke. That would have been nice. Yeah, I suppose. Well, when they release the Blu-ray, maybe they can do a George Lucas and (laughs) replace all that. Yeah, it's very exciting. And also because the show is really loud and you're cutting back and forth between people in there with no idea what's going on outside and then Jeff trying to get Mm. out of this thing and then (laughs) music. Yeah, it's great. It's very take on me, isn't it? Like he's trying to get out. (laughs) Yes, come on. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We see Clifford sneak back in looking quite shifty and like wiping his hands. Holly spots him and he gives a... Weird smile. Oh, hello. Hello there. So Jeff manages to escape. He manages to kick the boot open. Fantastic scene. He's out, and then he's a different person. Yeah, even more miraculously, he turns into a man in a black wig. <laughs> different body shape, different hair. It is a fantastic scene. The car does explode. Yeah. Brilliant. Should be in the title sequence. But I think they could have got someone that looked a little bit more like Jeff. Yeah. Well, he's got his hair's too long, I think, for a start. He's got like a joke shop wig. <laughs> I don't know. Is Michael French that important? I think he could have done that. Yeah, there were some other bits in the series that he definitely couldn't have done, but we'll get to them. Yes. So yeah, the car explodes. And then inside, Sonia comes to take a bow. I mean, I'm surprised people aren't booing after that ordeal. Mm. But yeah, one person has taken offence to it because she gets shot. So, she's shot twice, quite badly, as in not badly shot, but just does it badly. So, yeah, gunshots, Sonia falls over, shadowy figure with a gun is spotted, in the chapel! In the chapel! <laughs> it's very aggressive. In the chapel! Yeah, this is from Nicky, and he um, he can be aggressive when he wants to be. Yeah. Morris runs out and sees somebody running north from yep. the church. He gives chase. Clifford runs up, calls for a doctor. A quite a familiar grey man steps up. Is there a doctor here? I've had medical training. That's not good enough. I'm a goddamn doctor. I'm a doctor. Let him through. Somebody call an ambulance. Please, get an ambulance. You've got to move her out of here. What? Somewhere private. Uh, she has an office back there. Right, help me with that. I don't think you should try and Just move her. Just call the bloody ambulance. But they do. But they they do. move that body. They move it. Uh, I mean, I would expect more police presence than just Holly. Like, they all should be running up onto that stage, cordoning off the area, lockdown. It's weird, because they obviously take her to a, a separate room, don't yeah. they? Jeff reappears. Yep. With some soot around his eyes and his hair a bit frazzled. What's happened? 
happened to you? I got invited to a barbecue. What's happened here? Sonia's been shot. What? Where is she? In the office. There's a doctor. How is she? I'm sorry, there's nothing I could do. You know what? He's always got a sense of humour, hasn't he? Even though he's just almost been burnt alive. Exactly. The grey doctor comes out and says, there's nothing he could do. Sonia is dead. Nothing I can do. Bye. I'm not going to write a report about this. Goodbye. It's weird. And then there's just like a bin bag, which is probably just one of the dresses from the fashion show. Some feet poking out of it. <laughs> so Grisham is pissed off. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. It's unbelievable. Security blocks, body searches, the entire department in and around this building day and night. And still somebody manages to shoot Sonia Deval. Right in front of your eyes! (laughs) Shut it, Morris! Sorry, Chief. Morris sneezes. Oh, that's the last thing you want to do in front of the gov. And gets bollocked for it. I mean, I know that she's riled up, but it's not his fault. Well, It's health and safety in the workplace. Get on to HR. Added to that, he's just been chasing after the uh, gunman or woman. And you know what? He gave a good chase. There's a good line from Jeff, because Morris clearly has no idea whether it was male, female, and Jeff just goes, are you sure it was human? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look sure, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> Morris says that he lost, whoever it was, mm-hmm. on Station Road. There's a shot on Holly here. She's, you know, really concentrating on that specific line. <laughs> she literally raises one eyebrow. She mentions, interestingly, that the shots that were heard inside the church, they were nearer than where the chapel bit was. Hmm. Interesting, Holly. Yeah. But Nicky's just been up there to the chapel! And he's come back with a gun. So Holly can do her actual job now and analyse it for fingerprints. Was this chapel checked before the show began? Yes. So someone must have come in from the outside. What about the chapel door? Well, I checked that too, but it was locked. Okay, so they must have had a key. Excuse me, aren't we forgetting one other major issue here? While all this was going on, someone was also trying to kill me. Yes, if you were locked in the boot of that car, how exactly did you get out? That's the point, Chief. It wasn't locked. If it had been, I would never have been able to kick it open. Fair play to him. Completely right. This is the one time that he actually does get a little bit riled up about the fact that Yeah, he was almost Kentucky Fried Jeff. So, it turns out the car boot wasn't locked, after all. Yeah, interesting. So now they've got to work out why Jeff was targeted as well. Jeff says he was closest to Sonia, and we get a little sarcastic, yeah, that's true, from Holly. That's right. (laughs) So brazen, Jeff. They mention now about Linda, Sonia's sister, not being present. Yeah, she was the only person, because remember Holly saw Clifford. Yes. The only person who wasn't there... Linda. Linda, prime suspect, numero uno. Yes, indeed. So now we have a very boring interview, I mean, a very entertaining interview with Clifford. Exciting. He's a riveting guy. Where um, Clifford basically gives us a bit of background on Linda. Linda was hopeless, completely hopeless. I mean, she had this idea that she could design clothes herself, but uh, of course it never came to anything. Why did she work here? She needed the money. Sonia helped her in every way that she could, but, you know, Linda was never grateful. The two of them argued before the show began. (sighs) Blue fur, lilac fur, I don't know. Maybe Sonia went a bit far, but... 
she was always tense before a big show and with all the threats. <sighs> yeah, Holly comes in and says that Linda's prints were found on the gun. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that Sonia and Linda actually lived together. Well, not quite. Linda's got a flat in Sonia's house. He goes on, Clifford. His voice goes over into the next scene, even. It's that long. Yeah, it's it's tedious. So when they're driving up to this flat, he's still going, Oh, did you not know? Oh, you see, the thing is, the flat above, and it was a very reasonable rate, and blah, 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 blah. There is still no time travel. Oh. No, there's not. I keep thinking we've missed it. <laughs> so Jeff and Holly investigate. They go up the stairs, which is unusual for Jeff. They didn't just scale the wall. Like Spider-Man. They go up the stairs and through a door and find out that everything's gone pretty much from Linda's little flat. Yeah, clothes. Clothes are gone, drawers are empty. The only thing that's really left behind is Linda's designs. And then all of a sudden, Holly becomes like a fashion expert. Come and look at these. Linda's designs. They're not bad. In fact, they're good. I'm sure they give her lots of encouragement in Holloway. What? If we find her. Well, at least we know who did it. I don't think we do. What? Of course it was her. One, she was jealous of Sonia. According to Clifford. Two, it was her fingerprints on the rifle. And three, she's just done a run. I don't think she has. Her clothes! Yes, but why leave these behind? These must have mattered to her more than what she was wearing. Yeah, I thought that was weird, because they're not interesting. Even if I was a fashion designer, I wouldn't particularly be bothered. If I was trying to make a getaway fast, I'd be like, I can just draw some more. Yeah. Jeff is convinced that he's definitely Linda. And to be honest, it's all pointing towards her so far. And we know if there's evidence that someone, they've definitely done it. Yeah. As we know from last week with Holly. Case closed. Holly's not convinced. You know, Holly said at the beginning of the episode, she's not a detective, but she do, she's all right at it so far. Oh, she's pretty good. Um, Jeff's too busy playing with his balls. First, there was a shot. Now, I don't think it came from the chapel. But that was where we found the gun. Second, why was Clifford so anxious to move Sonia after she'd been shot? That was the last thing I would have done. Meaning? Meaning maybe she was going to tell me something. Maybe there was something Clifford didn't want me to hear. No, it was Linda and A another. We find her, we find the other. Case closed. Slate! How can you be so... So right? So wrong. I'll show you. Brilliant bit of Jeff here. <laughs> he spins on his chair... Yeah. ...and pirouettes out of the door. <laughs> this is Jeff basically playing Holly at this point. And I'm unsure, even now actually, whether... He genuinely thinks that Linda did it and just wants to prove Holly wrong. Or whether he's being very clever and winding her up to a point where she wants to prove him wrong. And really, he thinks it was somebody else. Yes. He's just not letting on. Either way, he's got another trip in the time machine. Because that's what Jeff wants. Jeff wants to use this time machine. He wants to break it some more. He wants Holly to use some expensive parts and have to go into her overdraft. This is what he wants. Yeah. And to be honest, I wanted that as well, because it's about time we had some time travel in this. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it's just crime. There's no traveller. No. So, we cut to Sundown Court. God, we're halfway through the episode. Don't worry, it wraps up faster. Yeah. Holly's saying about how much trouble the time machine's got her into so far, or rather, ever since she told Jeff about it. 
I've been locked up in jail, with lunatics chasing me. Two car smashes, been attacked with a knife. Yes, and you've also solved two murders, a blackmail racket and an art fraud. Really? Really? What? Art fraud? Have you? Hmm? So it turns out that basically this episode and the episode afterwards have either been swapped in transmission order or they were maybe swapped in script order and that's just the remnants. But this art fraud basically hasn't happened yet. But no, it's basically just an error. So we'll find out about Mm. that next week. Holly's talking about the implications of meeting yourself in the past, but she says something specific. Like, we all know you're not meant to meet yourself. That's almost standard in all time travel things, really. But she says specifically, if you make eye contact, then the universe implodes. (laughs) Which is weird, isn't it? Presumably, you've got to know the person is you, if that makes sense. Well, I don't know. So they travel back in time, the machine. We've seen this before. We know what happens. But it's a bit quicker this time, because basically there's not much time left in the episode. Yeah, so we have a very quick one. By this point, Jeff's loving it. In the first episode, there was a close-up of his face, like, what the hell's going on? Second episode, he's like, what? I'll handle this. Let me have a go. This time, he's just sitting back, relaxing, hands behind his head, yeah. in a nice comfy chair, going, yeah, let the good times roll, my friend. <laughs> Holly's, when they do go back, she said, we've got 20 hours this time. Yeah, a bit longer than she's used to. I don't know whether she's trying to imply that the machine's giving them longer and longer. I don't know. But yeah, so they're back 20 hours, almost a full day, which is very convenient because that's exactly how long they've got to look back on, really. So they go back to the church to see if there's anything going on, what was set up. Yeah. Because whatever happened, happened that night. It's not a very interesting scene, to be honest. Yeah. Very atmospheric. Yeah. They hear a noise. Um, and there's a security man yeah. that appears. They have to hide from him. I mean, they obviously see him. Mm. But I don't think the security man sees them. Well, I mean, he should see them because he shines a torch directly in both of their faces. I mean, you definitely think he would see their eyes. <laughs> but... Slade says, don't worry, don't worry, he's going, he's off for a coffee. Ollie asks him how he knows, and he says, intuition. All right, Jeff, mate. And he's right, the guard just goes, and they are fine. But they've got nowhere to stay, and they've got no money on them either, so they can't get a hotel. But Slade is not at his house. His house is free. Yeah. So we go to Jeff's flat, which is the weirdest flat. I mean, this is a bit of character development as well. But he's basically got no furniture in his flat. (laughs) It's odd, isn't it? What happened to the furniture? Well, that's what I was uh, trying to tell you. Once I'd finished paying for the flat, I couldn't afford the furniture. It's very you. What, big and empty? No, original. How did you find it? What, this place? No, it was through an investigation. Murder. Oh, don't tell me you got this flat from someone who was murdered. Oh, no. No, he was the murderer. I found him under accommodation. Do you want a beer? Have you got any wine? Um, no, I haven't. Oh, well, beer's fine. Weird. He's got a tiny little telly. There's one sofa. There's lots of metal pillars. It looks like a warehouse or something. It looks very cold, doesn't it? I would imagine there's not much heating. It does not look like somewhere I would want to be. (laughs) Especially with Jeff. He's got some classical music on on the hi-fi. Is that Jeff's taste? 
He'd have simply red playing in the background. That's Jeff. It's very Fifty Shades of Slade. It is as if he may have a sex room. Yeah. To make it even more weird, he says that he got the flat from a murderer. Yeah. I don't think he's joking about this, is he? I don't know. Um. So Holly asks Jeff if he's got any wine. Mm-hmm. And Jeff says no. No. Beer? Just beer? Yeah. Only choice beer? Yeah. Fine, I'll have beer. <laughs> Holly finds a picture. Yeah. You don't see it for long enough, but it looks like a kind of tanned woman on a beach or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like just says it's somebody you used to know. <laughs> Which is odd as well. <laughs> Who's this? Oh, just someone I used to know. Yeah. Okay, it's one of your only possessions, but okay, fine. Slate doesn't own the glass. It's a great moment here where he just tips out some pencils off his desk and just uses that as a mug. Oh, no, it comes... <laughs> He comes out with some very fancy beer that's got a screw top and it's all like European and ooh, we're just used to that now, but that would have been a really exciting thing back in 1996. Here. Thanks. It's a twist top. Not last year. Well, I wouldn't mind. Uh... Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. You must be hungry. I'm starving. Right, I'll see what I can do then. Holly, just drink it out of the bottle. Don't drink out of his pen pot. <laughs> With his pencil shavings but in it. What, what does he do when he wants a cup of tea or something? I bet he drinks it from the kettle. Doesn't even uh. rinse out, just spits into it. So they've done the drink. He has whined, almost. And now he has got to dine, almost. It cuts to uh, the finished meal. Some pasta. Fantastic meal. Pasta with a big bit of bolognese dolloped on the top. Proper 90s pasta. But Holly's impressed. Well, I mean, she would be, wouldn't she? She can't cook. She couldn't cook toast (laughs) in episode one. So, yeah, we find out even more about Slade here. Yeah. But Holly's very pushy. Well, I mean, they're having all these adventures together. And if you don't know really anything about the person, now's as good a time as any. What else are they going to talk about? Morris? So, tell me then. Why did you join the police? Uh, my dad was a policeman. Was? Yeah, he's retired. I don't see him anymore. Do you live here alone? Mm-hmm. The girl in the picture? And she's dead. Oh. No, it happened a long time ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, don't worry, it's okay. Did she teach you how to cook? <laughs> no, that was my mum. It was Jeff's wife. Who is now dead. He seems pretty chill about it. So's Holly. I'd be terrified right now. But Jeff's been a very weird host. I've invited you into a murderer's house with no furniture in it and nobody knows you're here and my wife's dead. Uh, but yeah, it's fine. Relax. <laughs> you don't know what's happened to her. She's downstairs. <laughs> Jeff doesn't really elaborate on his answers. My father was a policeman. My mum taught me to cook. Oh, how interesting. Thanks, Jeff. And that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, end of it. Done. So we cut to later that evening. Yeah. With Jeff and Holly curled up on the sofa, quite intimately. Very sexy. Something's going to happen here. There's body language going on. Jeff says, oh, maybe one day the machine will take us back a week. And then Holly says, oh, well, we'll have to get a hotel then. Because obviously their other selves will be sleeping in their own beds. Won't they, Jeff? Holly starts to twig. I don't know why she hasn't thought of this before, where the other Jeff is. So, where are you? What? Well, I'm asleep in my flat. Mm -hmm. 
You won't be back till the morning. Where are... Oh, my God, you're with her, aren't you? Who? Sonia Duval. How could I forget? What do you mean? Here you are entertaining me with pasta and designer beer in one time zone, while at the very same time... Oh, gave you that idea. You did! Boasting about it, like... What? Do you know how that makes me feel, Slade? Do you know how no, cheap no, that no, makes no, me both, feel? No! Both. She throws beer on him. And then she laughs. Yeah, but then it cuts back to her, and then she's not laughing. She's upset, no. so... But emotions. Yeah. Well, it looks to me like it's just two different takes that have been spliced together that don't quite fit. Yeah, so we're ending up with one half. Yeah. That mug's come in handy, hasn't it? <laughs> I think that was probably written because he had to get beer on his face. Wouldn't have really worked with a bottle, would it? Um, so oh, we better write a mug in. Yeah. Holly says she doesn't want to speak to Jeff. Again, not letting him explain himself properly. Yeah, so Slade storms off to bed. Yeah. Um, Holly's saying, well, I'm going to stay down here. And uh, Slade says, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> um, which is nice of him, isn't it? Uh, but to be fair, he has just had beer thrown over his face. So the evening is over, ruined. Holly sleeps on the sofa. Yeah, we cut really quickly to the car. Yeah, the next day. Good morning. Tension. Yeah, that's serious sexual tension. But Jeff's still kind of looking over. You can tell he, <laughs> he wants to start talking. He's not the yeah. kind of person that keeps them. No, no, he's not. No, there's no treading on eggshells when Slade's around. He's very much the kind of person that, you know, new day, new beginnings, move on. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing a stakeout, basically. Yes. Outside, well, Sonia and Linda's place, but Linda specifically. Yeah. So Linda comes out of her place down the stairs and Clifford picks her up. Interesting. Yeah, at this point, they break in again. Yeah, but this time everything's still there. Jeff can't get his head round things happening in a different order, the past and future and tense. When we when we here, when we were here, when we are here in the... Uh, Jeff's just about to bring up the conversation again, but they get interrupted. And then we see Sonia. What are you doing here? Sonia? Do you often come up here? No, hardly ever. But I heard voices. I was worried. Why are you here? It's just a security check. Security? But you don't think Linda's got anything to do with these threats? No, no. Slade, we've got that last-minute briefing, remember? Oh, right, yeah. Well, I've got to get changed so I can come and pick you up. Right. This time, why didn't you use the front door? Sonia kind of implicates Linda again immediately, but Holly tries to wind things up. She can see Jeff going, (laughs) just about to spill the beans. Yeah, so they're ushered out of the main entrance. Well, not before Jeff tries to convince her to not go on the runway. So he's still trying to change time. He won't stop. Did he not learn anything from last week? Idiot. It's coming from a good place, sure. But, I mean, she says, you never give up, do you? Trying to change the past. Mm. Jeff's like, oh, you know, you never know. And Holly's like, you do. (laughs) That's the whole point, we do know. (sighs) Anyway, whatever you may have told Sonia, you mustn't go backstage. Why not? Oh, schisms. It's not just that. If anyone sees you, how are you going to explain how you managed to be in two places at once? No one must know about the machine, Slade. Now, you promised okay, me... Okay, okay, I'll keep out of sight. When she was at the train station in episode one, and she couldn't explain how she was in two places at once. That's the whole reason Jeff knows about it. Yeah, exactly. So she's all very well giving out advice, isn't she? How are you going to explain being in two places at once? Well, you couldn't. Yeah. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. <laughs> she is a... 
So Holly wants to see Jeff getting coshed, basically, close up. She wants to revel in it. Yes. Jeff says, get a good description. She goes, I don't need to, because I've got this. <laughs> she pulls out the world's biggest camera to use to take some photographs. <laughs> it's massive. State of the art Polaroid camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where's Jeff going at this point? Um, well, he's going backstage, investigate backstage. Yeah, that's where he's off to. Um, and, and Holly's waiting. She sees the grey man, isn't it? That yeah. takes a photograph of him. This is good, this. We see past Jeff, like Back to the Future, when yes. you see it from a different angle. Yeah, the grey man sort of... Do you remember that footage of Bigfoot? Yeah. Where he, like, walks past the camera and then just looks into the camera for a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Snap. So she's there. She's watching all this happen, which is good, isn't it, really? Yes. The show starts again. <sighs> The confetti cannon goes off again. Yes. Jeff goes and just hides behind some chairs and scopes things out. Yeah. So Holly's looking at the car being doused in petrol and satellite. Yep. The grey man goes away on a motorbike, so the coast is clear. And then Holly picks up the keys to the car and unlocks it. Yeah, there was a brief moment, good acting, where she suddenly seems to realise that she is the person that needs to open the boot. I don't know. My first thought there was time implications. Mm. Saving the Jeff from the past and I don't know I don't know how it works I was quite surprised that they had remote control locking <laughs> in those days mm, interesting but anyway we get to see the man in the black wig again oh yes he's good the car explodes and Holly slinks off so then we cut to present Jeff he sees somebody come in to this backstage bit a shadowy figure who just comes in and leaves a gun and then walks away yes and he picks it up yeah, without leaving fingerprints on, which is important, which is more than he did in previous episodes. He's learned, don't yeah. implicate myself. Don't pick up the gun that shot somebody dead. But I thought for a second, I thought, oh my God, it's going to go off. And he said, it's going to yeah. be Jeff that did it. Jeff's the killer. But no, because we hear the gunshot. It's just sound. What is that? It didn't come from that gun. <laughs> So Jeff runs instead of just like stopping and if he bumped into Morris or someone just gone, oh yeah, I'm just chasing after somebody. Yeah, I think they went that way. Divert them. He doesn't, he just runs. Just, I've got to get away. (laughs) Run. I don't know why. I love it just when things like, he was the shadowy figure. Amazing. Yes. It was Jeff in the chapel. In the chapel. Yeah, so he's running. So there's a big chase sequence. I love these chase sequences. He's always running from his own team, isn't he? <laughs> he's doing a bit more parkour as well in this one. Yeah, slayed on a train, <laughs> jumping over lines. He's really <laughs> climbing a lot. He is, yeah. He runs all the way to the train station. This is great. And we see a few more appearances of the man in the black wig on and off the trains and then cutting to Jeff and then cutting back to the man in the wig. Holly's followed the grey man back to the church and she takes a picture of him picking up an unidentified person. Yeah. Uh, We cut back to Jeff. He manages to jump onto an oncoming train. He's not going to do the whole journey to a different county or something, but gives them the slip. Just a nice little distance that they can't run. He's pretty good at that, isn't he? If parkour was an Olympic sport, Jeff Slade would be the gold medal winner. He's fantastic. Yeah, because I did miss it last week. And I was like, where's the Jeff we met in episode one? Here he is. Yeah. Parkour. So he manages to give them the slip. And then a car pulls up. But it's just Holly come to rescue him. And pick him up, the fool. Get in. What are you doing here? Everyone went chasing after someone, realised it must be you. How did 
did you know where I was? The briefing. Don't you remember? Morris said he lost you on Station Road. Of course. Good girl. It's a good job someone was listening. <laughs> yeah, take the bananas out of your ears, Jeff. <laughs> Pay attention. He gives a little whoop at the end here. He is having the time of his life running around. Yeah, he loves it. He loves the thrill of getting back there just in the nick of time, but there's not really a dramatic getting back in the nick of time this time. It's just getting back. Jeff has a look at Holly's Polaroids, and he recognises the grey man, and works out that he's not a real doctor. No, he remembers him from earlier on, insurance man. But just like Jeff's betting slip in episode one, when they get back to the present, the photos have disappeared. But again, Jeff's really shocked by it. So, well, that's a waste of time, wasn't it? Bloody hell. So, uh, the pics have disappeared, but Jeff's worked it all out. Fair enough. So that's not two men on the motorbike. Uh, one of those people is... Ooh, who? Linda? Let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. Jeff and Holly have brought Grisham along yeah. to wait outside somebody's house. So presumably, they're not telling her who it is. They're going to surprise her. Yeah. Because that's what you do in police. You go, wait for it. <laughs> Come away from your duties, wait for it. It's different if it's Poirot or Jonathan Creek or a private investigator. Yeah. When it's someone who's paid by a police force, uh, you would think that the Gov would like to know a bit more information before she sets off with all her cars. Why are we waiting here? Because I want to make sure they're together, Chief. They should be coming out any minute now. How do you know? Because they're booked on the 650 flight to Miami. First class, of course. So who actually lives here, then? It's rented. In the name of Hopkins. Andrew Hopkins. Or Dr Hopkins, when it suits him. You know, you've really got to hand it to them. When a man in the crowd shouts, let me throw, I'm a doctor, everyone assumes he is a doctor, and that is the way it all worked. You've got them sleep, they're moving now. I think this scene should have been from the perspective of the person inside the house, opening the door to see Grisham and the gang already there. And going, oh! But anyway, this person is Andrew Hopkins. The grey man, the insurance man. Uh, very interesting. But he's not alone. No, he is not alone. He comes out with somebody else. They all get in the car and drive away. But they're headed off at the pass by the gang. And who do we see? We see Andrew Hopkins. We see Clifford. Now, obviously, we all knew he was dodgy. And Linda... What? <gasps> Sonia. She's alive. No, how is that possible? Well, we cut back to the station. <laughs> it was all an insurance fraud. A big, big insurance fraud. Three billion pounds worth. No, 3.2 if there's a bonus yield from the growth in underlying investment. Hopkins knew that if you're going to fake your own debt for that sort of money, you're going to have to do it properly. That's why he started off with the threatening letters and phone calls. And then, of course, that phony shooting at Sonia's house. They wanted to make sure we'd all be at the fashion show. What better witnesses than an entire police department? But we saw Sonia's shot. We were there. Ah, wrong. There were no actual shots. Sonia had recorded them onto the soundtrack. So it was all a racket. Fake your own death, get your three mil, and then go to Miami and live... I don't live in Miami as somebody. I don't know. So, yes, the sound of shots were on the dat. Dat was the answer to dat. Dat, dat, dat. <laughs> and it's okay, uh, because Sonia's not dead. It's just Linda. Clifford had already planted the gun in the chapel with Linda's fingerprints on it, and Sonia simply cleared out Linda's flat to make it look like she'd done a runner. Easy. 
But I, I don't get it. I mean, how could anyone mistake Linda Duval for her sister? Nobody looked. Everyone had clearly seen Sonia get shot, so there was no reason to doubt the body wasn't Sonia. Except it wasn't. There we are. Well, unless she was shot in the face <laughs> and all the fingerprints <laughs> fell off. I don't know how this has happened. Maybe that's what we're missing out on. She was shot point blank in the face. <laughs> Poor Linda. So that means that when she quit earlier and Clifford took her off, he just killed her. That's that's horrible, isn't it? It is horrible. It's a bit, really it's a bit Sweeney Todd, isn't it? Yeah. So um, Slade says, oh, he never trusted Sonia anyway. Holly looks up at him. What? He still did a bit of flirting, though, Jeff, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Played with fire a little bit, mate. Well, we cut back to Jeff's prison cell. Uh, I mean, flat, sorry. This is his lovely home. Jeff wants to talk. He's like, come on, let's get this sorted out. I never gave you the idea that I'd spent the night with her. You did? I heard you talking back at the office. Cool. It's none of my business. No, 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 tell me. Tell me, I want to know. It was on the main stairs coming in. You were saying how you spent the night... She twisted your arm. You found it hard to say no. I mean, even Morris knew you'd been given a bed for the night. Oh. Not, of course, that it's anything to do with me. It was a roll-up bed, Holly, in the church. Grisham twisted my arm. She asked me to sleep in the church for extra security. Which means Jeff was the guard. Well, we all knew that already. Yeah, we knew that already. What's happened is Holly's got the wrong end of the stick. Sort of. She's got the wrong end of the stick about that. Uh, but as she says, you know, he did fancy her a bit. Yeah. And in doing so, he almost got himself killed because he obviously put his foot in it. Don't go out. So they had to off him. They had to get rid of him because of that. Put his foot in it. Jeff does question about how Holly could have saved him. But I don't know. She she explains it in a way, but I still don't buy it. I mean, it's a bit of a cop out, isn't it? She says something about uh, it's not changing time. She is time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you could say that about anything, mm. couldn't you really? I guess so. It's, uh, oh, no, we're not, we're not changing time. I am time. Um, it turns out the greatest thing that's happened here is Jeff has done something he's failed to do throughout the entire <laughs> series so far. He's learnt and he's actually purchased some glasses <laughs> and some wine. Yeah, he hasn't learnt about changing time, but he has learnt about entertaining guests. I think we should start again. Would you like a beer? Have you got any wine? Uh, yeah. Is it Amos I had? You wouldn't have any glasses as well, by any chance? Yeah, just bought some nice wine and some nice glasses, which you should have had already. Holly's very impressed. She does one of the little looks to camera. And they have a right nice night, presumably. Ooh la la. And that's the end. Yeah. So we end on that, on a kind of will-they-won't-they, finally, a bit of will-they-won't-they. Nice ending. I hope next week we get some answers on if they have or not. So yeah, this episode, didn't didn't mind it at all. Quite enjoyed it in the end. No. In terms of like the time travel intricacies of the past and the present and everything... That, very impressive. And so far, I've not seen a single plot hole, really, in terms of the time travel. It's confusing for us. Sometimes I'm like, uh, are we in the present? Are we in the past? What's mm. going on? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the amount of mistakes we make that I've carefully edited out where we start talking about the wrong scene by accident. <sighs> yeah, so easy. So the writing, top notch. Um, and you know what? The acting, for the most part, really good. You know, sometimes it's a bit hokey. I think, again, like I said last week, there's elements of comedy 
there was less of it in this episode. Um, I felt there was still yeah, a few bits from true. Pricky Nicky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, lessened. Yeah, a bit of humor, bit of drama, bit of romance. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. The main problem I had with it was the actual fashion aspect itself. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the fashion show was just put together really sloppily, I think. And, um, they could have easily had like an actual, more like a Vivian Westwood kind of character, you sure. know, a bit more eccentric, a bit more interesting and, you know, better fashion and not done in a church hall. As we all know, real fashion shows are fantastic. I'm thinking, you know, Project Runway, those type of things have very sophisticated catwalks. That's what you expect, and that's what this should have been. There was actually, uh, and this is weird, uh, I know it's uh, many years later, but mm-hmm. Death in Paradise had a catwalk <laughs> episode, catwalk uh, I'm not doing a <laughs> Death in Paradise podcast. <laughs> no, but, you know, that was infinitely more well done, yeah. and I just think this lacked that. <laughs> right, I'll have to check it out. I think we, we'd say bye. We do. Remember, you can get in contact with us at antandnickpressplay at gmail. Dot com. Please send us some send us something. Yeah. I meant to write a haiku for today. I completely forgot. Oh, never mind. A N T A N D N I C P R E Double S P L A Y at gmail.com. Don't go putting a K in it. Don't go putting an ampersand in it. And also like us on Facebook. We're on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're on iTunes as well. iTunes, the future. So you can listen to us as well as uh, on our Podbean Podbean channel. Yeah. Next week, another great episode of Crime Traveller, mm-hmm. episode four. What's the name of that episode? I can't remember. Ay, 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 ay. The Revenge of the Chronology... Pro- <laughs> fuck. <sighs> the Revenge of the Chronology Protection Hypothesis. It rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? And into a million pieces. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, yes, join us next time as we look into exactly what the Revenge of the Chronology Protection Hypothesis is. Until next time, take care. Bye now. That's all, folks.